0: You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reading, The Rock Sponge. No. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is... The Rock
1: and Metal Combat Podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Doctor Fuck from Thrash and I, with another exciting, exciting, and I'm very, I'm very excited about this episode of uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast because we are finally going to talk about my favorite all-time band of all time, the greatest. Chumbawamba. No, Chumbawamba second. Oh. Oh, uh, number God. one greatest band ever to ever grace my ears. We're talking about the mighty Black Sabbath. And I am here with Ian and Terrence. How you guys doing? I'm drunk as shit. How y'all doing?
2: I am doing fucking great.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about the last album with the original lineup. And that is not 13 I'm talking about Never Say Die. A little thing I wanted to say about this album, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of purists think that uh, Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die are the worst Black Sabbath album of the original lineup. And you know what? I'd have to agree, but I hate to use the word worst. I would just say I prefer the other ones more, but it's something about Never Say Die which i again and i know i'm against a lot of people by saying that i do like this one more than technical i see, though i love technical uh black sabbath never say die for some odd reason i don't like it as much as the first album paranoid master reality volume four sad bloody seven sabotage i think all those albums are better than never say Die*, but for some weird reason I listen to Never Say Die more than all those albums. Never Say Die is the album I listen to the most when I listen to classic Black Sabbath. Sure, I put on Sabotage and Sabbath a lot as well, but Never Say Die to me is, I don't know, and there's two songs I'm not too fond of on this album. I don't actually like it all. If you've seen my review, you know which ones I don't like on the album, but we'll talk about it when we get there. Um... Uh, Another thing I want to say is that I came very close to seeing this tour when they played down here with Van Halen, but my mom wouldn't let me go because I was too young and uh, I missed it because of that. And then when Black Sabbath came again with the Heaven and Hell tour, it was the same thing. You can't go. But I snuck out of the house and I did see that show. And when I got home, my dad beat the living shit out of me and it was worth every fucking beat. Every time he hit me with that belt, it was damn worth it, because it was Black Sabbath, Johnny Van Zandt Band, and Riot. I got to see Riot, too, with guys. I actually saw Riot twice. I saw Fire Down Under, but I think this was the Rock City or, you know, the album that came before it. Narita? Well, who knows? Anyway, so um, that's my little (laughs) intro to Never Say Die, and I'll get more into it. But I want
2: to hear what Ian and Terence think of this album. Go ahead. Right, Never Say Die, Black Sabbath's eighth studio album, mm-hmm. their final with the original lineup, was first released in October 1978. Recorded in Canada in the dead of winter for tax reasons, and um, it was their worst-selling album of the original lineup. Believe it or not, it didn't even it charted even worse than um, Technical Ecstasy, funnily enough. And um, it's a shame, because at the time of its release, everyone was into disco and all that crap. I mean, I was only two years old when Never Say Die came out, mind you, so I didn't hear the album until 1995, when I saw the home video for Black Sabbath Volume 2 and the song Hard Road blew my mind, excuse me, so then in April of 95, my brother was kind enough to buy me the CD, this is not the actual copy, this is the remaster that came in the Complete Studio Albums box. It was just re-released a couple months ago. The album was actually an excellent album. The the cover done by Hypnosis, the late Storm Durgason. When didn't he do a bad album cover? The guy was a genius. He was the Picasso of rock and roll as far as I was concerned. Um, the cover, I know, was a second cover. The original was a bunch of doctors which Rainbow would use for Difficult to Cure if I'm not mistaken. If you saw Ralph's review on Never Say Die, the original cover was supposed to be a bunch of doctors which Rainbow used. Am I correct?
1: That is true. Uh, Difficult to Cure was actually the cover for Never Say Die, but the band rejected it and uh, they used that one. And you know what? I love that Rainbow cover, but I love this one too.
3: What you may not know, there was actually a third cover that was up for consideration for the album. But it was later used in 1984 by Cindy Lauper for She's So Unusual. <laughs>
2: oh, wow. Oh, you're funny. I never knew that. Thanks I didn't know much. that, man.
1: I'm such so yeah. a Black Sabbath nerd. I didn't know yeah.
2: that, man.
3: You learn true, a lot from me. Yeah, true story.
2: Absolutely. And then my verdict of Never Say Die, Ralph said it best, my favorite Black Sabbath album of all time, if you've seen my own review with Ozzy, is Sabotage. Never Say Die... I like the album very much. It's not their best album, but I wouldn't call it their worst either, because I've heard worse albums than uh, "Never Say Die." What's your opinion on "Never Say Die," Ian? I uh, well,
3: I'm not I'm not gonna tell you right now. You know, I'm gonna go song through song. I'm just gonna say um, I discovered this album probably 1988. And I remember it was the last one I bought because I bought Technical Ecstasy. I I actually started buying them in order. And uh, Technical Ecstasy skipped on You Won't Change Me. And I was pissed and I took it back to the record store. And I'm like, this city's fucked up. Give me another copy of Technical Ecstasy. And they didn't have one. So by default, I went home with Never Say Die. And listened to it. And uh, it was very different. But uh, that wasn't a bad thing. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see uh, song by song to see what I think of it. But uh, I'll just say it's a very interesting album. Uh, Ralph, would you like to start this off with the title track?
1: Yes, I will. Uh, before I get into the title track, I also want to add, just like uh, In Through the Outdoor, this was the first Black Sabbath album I actually bought when it came out new. Yes, I did. I was aware of Paranoid because my brother owned it, and uh, I, I, I did have We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. I don't know how I acquired that one, but I did have that one. But okay, so starting off uh, Never Say Die, uh, the title track, which actually was my favorite song back then. Uh, another thing I want to add is that back then when I bought this album, I listened to Side 1, and I never would bother with Side 2. I think I listened to Side 2 once or twice and just never bothered with it anymore, but uh, side one, I always loved it, um, except for one song, Uh, but Never Say Die, smoking great song, like uh, probably the the most fast-paced song on the album a little different than uh, uh, your usual Black Sabbath type songs to the point, kind of of catchy, commercial-ish uh great, great, great vocals from Ozzy Osbourne, and uh I don't know, the whole band is kicking ass on Never Say Die. I think I think it's a great song, and I really do love the Speak of the Devil version on the live Ozzy album. I thought that was kind of like the highlight for me. Even though I love the whole Speak of the Devil album, my favorite track on Speak of the Devil is Never Say Die, but yet I still like the Sabbath version more. And uh, just uh side note, Never Say Die and Shockwaves were the only two songs ever played live from this album. I believe Johnny Blade may have been played live once and then scrapped or played during soundcheck. But uh, yeah, this was uh, the only song along with Shockwaves played live. And even Shockwaves, I don't think, made the whole tour.
3: All right, uh, never say that. I love that you brought up uh, Speak of the Devil because that was actually my first, you know... um, time here and never say die was the version on uh on speak of the devil and i i do love that album but uh you know if we're talking about you know the pure sabbath version i love this fucking song and this is something they need to play live they need to stop ignoring this fucking album like it never happened uh because this is a great this would be a great fucking opener you know i think on, on a sabbath tour oh yeah. it's just it's a great fucking song um. Uh, it's got balls. It's catchy. It, you know, it it's Sabbath. It, you know, it is a little bit poppy, but it's still very much Sabbath, and uh, a great fucking riff. And Ozzy is in great fucking voice on this song. Uh, love it, love it, love it, love it. Terence, what do you think about Never Say Die?
2: I concur with you two guys, the song kicks ass. And to me, the, the verse riff reminds me of another song that came out just two years before, The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy, somewhat the same chords, but instead of it being similar to it, you know, but it is somewhat in the same chords. Da, 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 instead of being slow, it was done in a faster clip this time around, but that's the only similarity. And the chorus, just very punchy. You know, it's you know, that um why the hell they ignore this song and they ignore the Never Say Die album, I'll never know. But I think it's just a great song and Go to the next one, Terrence. Okay, we begin with Don Eerie's bizarre synthesizer effects with signal the song Johnny Blade, which is a very kind of praggish metal sort of thing, because it goes from one thing to the next. It begins with a <laughs> To me, that when I first heard that, when I first got the CD in 95, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, a... I was just like, an excellent song. And it's just the way it changes and things goes from that to the sort of slower paced thing for the bridge section for the rest of the song, it goes completely elsewhere. But a song that does not let up for the five, six minutes. It is just an awesome, awesome song and just an incredible tune. And um, for those who ignored Never Say Die, I apologize that you missed a great song. Ian, your turn. All right, Johnny Blade. Right, Dad. Right.
3: Right. Go ahead. Johnny Blade. uh, This song reminds me how Every great meal ends with a turd. And uh, I'm not a fan of Johnny Blade. Uh, I I hate the keyboard intro. I think it sounds like, fuck, it's totally out of place. sounds like some bad Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And then you get to the chorus like, Johnny Blade! Johnny Blade! You know, but in, in between that, there's some good shit. But... Between the Bad Emerson Lake and Palmer and Johnny, me, I, I I can't I can't forgive it, uh, and I try I try real hard, you know. It's it's like you know, you know you're you're looking down at your girl like oh this feels so good, but damn you're using a lot of teeth. This song uses a lot of teeth, and I can I can't get past it. Uh, definitely my least favorite song on the album even though there are parts I really love, but there is way too much teeth on this blow job of a song. What do you think, Ralph? I think you're wrong. That's what I think.
1: Yeah. This, yeah. This All song. Right.
3: This song. All is... right, well, well, blow me and prove me wrong.
1: Yeah. With a lot of teeth. All right. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you something. This song, even back then, when I first started, I just loved side one, except for one song. And, um, This song, I just love it. And I recently acquired the 180 gram version. And let let me just get off topic for a second and talk about 180 gram vinyl. And uh, I don't know, man, maybe it's my ears, but I compared this album to the original, which I have the original pressing, the one I bought back in 79 or 78. Um believe me 180 gram brings out more sounds than the original does or brings it out more more clearer like there's a part in johnny blade where it says uh the riff before he goes well you know that Johnny's a spider yeah yeah the riff that happens before that part and even during the singing there's this little sound in the background it sounds like almost kind of like what's that What's the name of that instrument where you use your hand and I... What's the name of that?
2: I think those are castanets.
1: Okay, castanets. Uh, It sounds like that. You can hear it on a CD and and the original vinyl. You can hear it. But it's very low in the mix. Where the 180 gram kind of like... It's higher in the mix and it just... It makes more sense with the music. It's just awesome. I love Johnny Blade. Uh, I don't remember. I know I, you know, because I, I have a bad memory. I'm not like you, Terrence. Terrence, you talk about, well, I bought, the first time I heard this album was in April of 1988. I'm like, man, how can you remember? I can't even remember yesterday. You can remember April of 1988 is when I bought this album. You know, you're, you're a are April 95. Okay, April, April 95. <laughs> All right, there you go. It's just amazing to me how you have that type of, like, you know, that... That sponge-like
3: brain. Junior's Eyes. My, without a doubt, my favorite fucking track on the album. Oh, fuck you. Oh, go fuck yourself. I I love this fucking song. I love everything about this fucking song. But what I most love about this song is my favorite fucking drummer of all time, Mr. Fucking Bill Ward. Uh, his drumming on this is just incredible I love the lyrics that were about uh, Ozzy's dad they they recorded a version of this with Dave Walker from Savoy Brown when Ozzy left after technical ecstasy and uh, it was recorded on a BBC show Uh, wasn't as good Ozzy came back, they changed the lyrics about his dead dad and just fucking nailed this shit out of the park it definitely probably I know this a, might be a sacrilege of some probably my top five all-time fucking Black Sabbath songs. I love this and especially thanks to Mr. Bill fucking Ward. I don't give a fuck if you're fucking uh, Neil Pert Peer whatever the fuck you want to call him, Stuart Copeland, Gene Cooper, whoever the fuck, John Bonham. My favorite drummer of all time is fucking Bill Ward. Hands down the best groove, the jazziest fucking drummer, uh, and, and, and why no Sabbath album without him sounds right, because he doesn't have that fucking groove, um, Junior's Eyes, a perfect, perfect fucking track, if you do not like this song, you do not love Sabbath, and you do not love drums, uh, Ralph, what do you have to say about Junior's eyes?
1: Well, I, I threw I threw my headphones down in disgust and walked away and didn't really listen to your review because this is also my favorite song on the album and I hate when we agree. Um, so, uh, did you talk about um, Dave Walker?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I talked about how me and your mom went out on a date and uh, we saw the band play with Dave Walker and uh, you know we didn't agree on it. We're like, eh. Hey, she's like, ah, oh, it's not so bad. I'm like. Yeah, it's not Ozzy, and uh, uh, I was like, "Well, you want to fight about it or you want to fuck?" She's like, "Well, I want to fuck." So we went home, and uh, you know. But then a couple months later, "Never Say Die" came out. It was a great, great song. Yeah, and, no, uh, I can't, there we go. I
1: can't, I can't understand why my mom would like Dave Walker because my mom's a stupid orc. But you know, here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing about uh, they, they actually recorded it on a TV show. They did Junior's Eyes. And and excuse me, Ian, if you did mention
3: this, yes, I did.
1: Okay, it's the audio is up on YouTube, but not the video. I would love to see the video of that. I mean, it was aired in England. Um, horrendous, horrendous version. I'm glad that Ozzy came back um, and fixed the lyrics, which is about his father, which just passed away. And uh, what a great, great song. Everything about this song, and yes. I, I, I did put up on YouTube on my Eternal Idols channel my top 50 Black Sabbath songs and Junior's Eyes if it's not in my top 5 it's definitely in my top 10
2: you guys pretty much nailed um, what I think of Junior's Eyes beautiful beautiful song he's a butler's bass riff at the beginning excellent Tony Iommi probably in my top 5 guitarists of all time up there were David Gilmore, Jimmy Page Eddie Van Halen um, Hendrix iomi that's my top five um just an excellent beautiful song ozzy wrote it about his father um and listening to it i kind of can relate because you know i'm you know I'm, I'm grateful i still have my father with me bless his heart and um you know you guys pretty much nailed it and, and of course the earlier version i did here with uh, dave walker really vocal delivery for sabbath he sounded pretty much like a bland singer that's why i'm kind of glad ozzy came back and then rewrote the lyrics to junior's eyes to become the masterpiece that it is and actually it's in my top three favorite sabbath songs of all time even better than top ten or top five my it's actually my third favorite black sabbath song of all time funnily enough all
1: right uh next song is uh hard hard road And uh, I don't like this song. I'm sorry. I I mean, I don't hate it. I like I like the melody and everything But it's not one of my favorites. There's there's two songs on this album. I'm not really that fond of hard roads one of them and uh, But black Sabbath is my all-time favorite band and I'm feeling nauseous saying anything negative about them So I just want to stop right now and go to Ian and see
3: what he thinks about hard road Um. Unlike you, I love Hard Road. Uh, you hate Hard Road, but love Read My Body. So, no, uh, no, I know
1: I don't. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. I know this is a jokey show, but don't... Hey, you crossed the line there, buddy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't say shit like that. That's that's fighting words, man.
3: I'm just kidding.
2: I don't
1: like Hard Road. I like Hard Cock. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. Uh,
3: yeah. Okay, okay. He's kidding again. He, does, he doesn't like it. He loves it. Yeah, that's Hard Road, um, more of a commercial track, um, sounds more, you know, akin to, to Ozzy's solo, uh, but I like it, not a bad song, um, you know, it, it's better than Johnny Blade, I don't hate it, I don't love it, uh, it's just kind of there, but uh, I mean, definitely... It's a good song. It, Sabbath's worth, worst is way better than most people's best. So.
1: And they made a video for the
3: song. Yes, uh, it was like Top of the Pops or some shit. No, like no, that. no.
1: Actually, they made that video. You know that, that live video they have, Never Say Die, at Hammersmith Odeon? They actually right. shot that video in the daytime on that stage, which they never performed it live, but they did it that day. Uh, they just shot that and then. Uh, they released it as a video, which is odd, you
2: know? For promotional purposes.
1: Yeah, which they picked that song, which was odd. What do you think, Terrence?
2: Hard Road. Um, yeah, I mean, I do have kind of a soft spot for that tune because it was the first thing from the album I heard, thanks to that Black Sabbath Volume 2 home video that has the Hard Road video promo film, as they called them back in 1978, because MTV wasn't um, a reality yet. I mean... It's kind of, I mean, the, the chorus is kind of catchy, but, you know, the song isn't bad. It's not my favorite Black Sabbath song either, but I've heard worse.
1: Okay, you want to go on to the next one there, Oh flip, yeah. Flip flip the, 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 first, flip the album around.
2: Okay, you flip the bastard over to side two, and we begin with the hard-rocking Shockwave, which is an excellent rocker, and I think this was the other song from the album that was performed on the US leg of the Never Say Die tour, if I'm not mistaken, according to Ralph here. And just a very good, catchy, bouncy, hard-rocking, sort of upbeat tune, something different than what was out at the time, you must remember at the time Never Say Die was released, America was being brainwashed by Polyester, Touch of Honey, and... um, all the disco, you know, doing the polyester uh, jive thing. Good thing Disco Sucks came around the following year, but um, why this song didn't get much play when it was released will remain a mystery, but I actually have a little weak spot for um, Shockwave. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Shockwaves. to me, the highlight of this song is that killer, kick-ass guitar solo from Tony Iommi. Um I have, and a lot of diehard Black Sabbath fans out there, they have a bootleg called Shockwaves Over Texas, which you are listening now in the background, because I'm using it as the music to this podcast. Uh, Great, great uh, song. I love this song. It's just one of the more hard-rocking ones on this uh, album. Uh, Shockwaves rules, and especially the solo. The solo, for me, is the highlight. And uh, yeah, man kick ass, shit. Shockwave kicks ass. What, what, what do you think, Ian?
3: I love Shockwave. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry to disappoint you. I love Shockwave. I wish there were some more songs on Thirteen that sound like Shockwave, and that's right. Yeah, I mean, maybe at some point we're gonna do a Thirteen review, but uh, I wish they would have took more chances with you know with songs on Thirteen, like they did with this. It's different, but it. Uh, It's awesome To me it's still Sabbath Where you know 13 was like You know 13 songs that tried to sound like Electric Funeral you know And you can't do that To to me uh, Black Sabbath was very much like, like Led Zeppelin where there's a lot of light and shade You know for every song That sounds like this there's another song That sounds like that And I think that's what I really love about Never Say Die is there's a lot of Different shades on this album And this is just one of them uh, that I love very much. I I don't know. Just a great, great fucking song that leads into another one of my favorites. Air Dance. I fucking love Air Dance. Where the fuck this song came from, I have no idea. I I, I really don't know the backstory on, on who wrote this or who brought this shit to the table. But it is fucking amazing. Um, I know, uh, Joe, Joe Schillinger, or, or whoever has, uh, heads the uh, Black Sabbath website, blacksabbath.com, where I, where I first met Ralph, as a matter of fact. Um, love this song. He said he'd like to play it for people who, like, didn't like Black Sabbath and played it and say, hey, what do you think of this song? Oh, by the way, this is fucking Black Sabbath. Perfect example. Um, uh, Way out of their security blanket, but a great fucking song, uh, and just so so different, so out there, but still Sabbath. Me, it, as weird as it is, it still sounds like Sabbath, and uh, I love that about this song. And I can hear it all over. And I think that's why this is a this is an album that both me and Ralph, and I don't know maybe Terrence, both come back to time and time again because it's so diverse. And so fucking awesome but still Black Sabbath really at the, the same time fun, I, I remember seeing and uh, I, and they were, uh, at the time like uh, the Black Sabbath tribute album was coming out they were doing Children of the Grave and they started ragging on technical ecstasy and, and never say die and I was like yeah I don't fucking get that because I love both those fucking albums because they have diversity but out of those this is my favorite album because I think the, uh, the diversity works best on this album. And Air Dance is a perfect ex, uh, example of why it works.
1: Well, uh, yeah, Ian, I'm kind of, again, upset that you picked Air Dance as another one of your of favorites. Of course
3: you are!
1: Because they are... that. This is another song, like I said earlier. It made my top ten. My second favorite song off Never Stay Die. Uh, a song that I needed to warm up to. I needed to quit smoking so much pot back in my youth to really get because back then I didn't like this song. I would skip this song. I would skip every song on Side 2. I never would listen to Side 2. I remember listening to Shockwaves and that was it. I was done with the record back then. But now in retrospect I like Air Dance more than Johnny Blade, more than Never Say Die, more than Shockwave. I mean it's a great great song and uh, I, love the, yeah, I love the the weirdness of it. How it starts off like uh You know, uh, a little heavy and then it gets really mellow with the piano. And then in the middle section, it goes into like a jazz thing. And it's fucking insane. And then it's just all over the place. My second favorite song off the album, right behind Junior's eyes. Air Dance to me is a freaking masterpiece. And maybe that's the reason why I always put Never Say Die on. Because of Air Dance and everything that surrounds it. Uh, Terrence, what do you think of Air Dance?
2: I have to agree with you two guys. Air Dance is an excellent piece. It begins with a (coughs) hard Tony Naomi riff. Then it goes into, again, Don Airy once again shining on keyboards, playing piano for the verses. And um, just a beautiful melody during the verse bit. And then where it does go jazzy is showing the band's jazz roots, especially Bill Ward, who was the unsung hero in Black Sabbath. And why he wasn't included on um, 13, I'll never know. But um, you know, he was just an integral part, and his drumming on that part is just so integ- one of the reasons why he was so integral to Sabbath. And um, what else can I say about Air Dance? But a brilliant, brilliant song. And um, probably my top 20 favorite Black Sabbath songs of all time. Next, I will int- let uh, Ralph introduce... Breakout. Over to you is the what? next track. Uh, the,
1: the, the, over to the, you. Yeah. Uh, over to you, to me, Scream Filler. And again, like I was saying earlier, I do not like saying anything negative about Black Sabbath. So uh, I'm going to throw this song over to you, Ian.
3: All right. I'm glad you threw it over to me because I'm going to throw it back at you because this song is fucking great. I think this is a great fucking song. You want to talk about a deep track, you can take Johnny Blade and cut your fucking wrist. Uh, I love Over to You. Uh, prime example, like, fucking bring something from fucking Never Say Die into the set list. I would love to hear some shit like this. I would jack off on the fat girl next to me and fucking spray her all over to hear this fucking song. Or, or guy, it doesn't matter. I'm not picky. Uh, this is a great fucking song and totally Sabbath to me. And, uh, a great fucking deep cut that to me is better than the deep cuts on technical which is why I prefer this album more Uh, and it leads into another great song that I love but before I get to that uh, let's hear an opinion that matters Terrence what do you think about Over to You
2: Over to You not bad not great either but shut up no no, you shut up god damn it okay bye Hey, what's what's your problem? Over, over to you is uh yeah, song. It's not one of my favorites, but it's not the worst thing I've ever heard either. I mean, I can name you worse things I've heard, like uh, "Read My Body," "Anything on Hot in the Shade." How's that for those marbles? Anything on Unmasked? How's that for the marbles? Or or in through the outdoor? <laughs> oh, that's <your>, oh, <laughs> getting it close again, are we, you bastard? Over to you. I'm through with over... I'm over, over to you. You know? Fair sign.
3: All right, now, all, right all right. When you're done sucking Ralph's ass, tell me <laughs> tell me what you think about Breakout.
2: Okay. Now, Breakout, not to confuse us with the Ace Fraley tune, I actually kind of have a weak spot for this instrumental because it reminds me of uh, something that you would have heard in the 48 Hours movies. And I know the riff is the same, and the horn arrangements were done by a guy named Will Malone, but the saxophones were played by a gentleman named Phil Kenzie, who did those famed solos on Al Stewart's Year of the Cat and on Al's follow-up album, Time Passages. And he would also be responsible for the solos on Al Parsons Project's uh, Pyramid album on the song One More River. Excellent tune. I know not an acquired taste for you guys. Do You Think I'm Sexy? from Rod Stewart. He was also responsible for that song. Sax solo as well. And the live version of the long run from the Eagles on Eagles Live. He did that saxophone work. I mean, you know, saxophones, it's a, it's a it's a very hard thing in rock and roll. But very few bands pull off using saxophones in rock. Pink Floyd, of course, being one of them. Super Tramp, another. And I'll have to give Black Sabbath the edge for using Phil Kenzie. And I do have a weak spot for uh. Breakout, but uh, I wonder what my other two comrades here think of that instrumental. Who will go first? I'll tell you right now. I fucking
3: love Breakout. You know why I love Breakout? Not only because it's a great fucking song, but because Ralph fucking hates it. And Ralph has taste for shit. For the most part. Well, not for the most No, no, no. Ralph's got great taste, but right here he's, he's malinformed, because this is a great fucking instrumental. It's weird as fuck. It comes out of fucking left field, out uh, makes no fucking sense, but yet it fits fucking perfect, uh, and and leads in to what I think is an incredible fucking album closer. But I want to hear from Ralph here why he thinks Breakout n- doesn't fucking rule.
1: Okay, well let me just say that Breakout actually makes me think. Now you know what? Over to you wasn't really that bad. I didn't really think over you was a bad song. Let me just touch up on that. I just think it's screen filler. It's not something that sticks with me. I don't think it's like a great song, but I also don't think it's like breakout. It's that bad. Breakout is like a huge pile of elephant dung. Yeah, I know I got a lot of shit for this because when I made my review of Never Say Die, you know, when you watch my reviews, you ever you either see pictures or video footage of a uh, Black Sabbath during, you know, when, when I'm talking about songs. Okay, well, with watch. Breakout, I put a picture of Elephant run. Shit.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know if you remember that, Terrence. Do you? That I was
2: t- fucking funny as hell.
1: Yeah, that's that's the that's the image I showed during Breakout, and I got a lot of shit from it because a lot of you Black Sabbath yeah. nutswinger nerds like myself. We're really offended by why I don't like this song. This song, to me, makes absolutely no sense. I'm into weird. Actually, look, I have Ian on the show. You know I like weird. So I just don't like... I don't like uh, Breakout for a lot of reasons. And I, I did describe this about some other review I did recently. Was I'm not a big fan of instruments blow into. Yes, there are exceptions. You know, I mean... Uh, I can think of, like, uh, Money by Pink Floyd. I think that's a Crazy Diamond. Yeah, I mean, there are exceptions where people know how to put it in to complement the song. I don't think this complements anything. It just complements the picture of elephant shit that I put up during the review. That's the only thing it complements. I hate this song, but this song is... bleeds into the last track... Which I will talk about this one first Which is "Swinging the Chain Now "Swinging the Chain was actually Supposed to be Ozzy But Ozzy just hated the song And never showed up in the studio So uh, Bill Ward did it So I think it is Ozzy at the end When that is, it is Yeah it sounds yeah, so- yeah it sounds a lot like Ozzy at the end doing Kind of some background stuff with back He's poker. doing the harmonica Oh is he doing the harmonica on there Okay yeah, I, di- I didn't know that and uh bill ward sings a song and i think he does an exceptional job i love bill's voice it's it's a little out of the norm but it's a good good damn voice and uh the song is really kick ass i think it's a great ending to the album uh swinging the chain kicks a lot of ass and i just love it i love uh when bill hits the high notes at the end it wasn't to be expected Uh, Swinging the Chain, amazing song to an amazing album with just two, well, really one, because, you know, Hard Road and Over to You are not that bad, but, uh, you know, Breakout sucks ass. All right, uh, Terrence, what do you think of, oh, no, uh, yeah, Swinging the Chain.
2: Swinging the Chain, an excellent rocket win, an excellent album. Bill Ward singing his ass off, of course. Just an excellent rocker. I mean, why Ozzy didn't like the song, I don't know. But he is singing backing vocals at the end. That's the better believe it's at the end. Our Ozzy, and he does a little tasty harmonica solo, kind of reminding me in a way of um, his harmonica work on the Wizard on the first Black Sabbath album, and. what else can I say about uh, swinging the Chain? But it swings my... I swing I swing off the chain of swinging the Chain, and I think it's a fucking killer way to end a kick-ass album, and if anyone gives me shit for it, oh well. Ian, what do you have to say, you scurvy bastard? <laughs> you scurvy I, bastard.
3: I, I love that. Like, I, I need some more vitamin C. C as in cock. Yes. Of course you do. <laughs> I love swinging the Chain. Uh, great song, great vocals by... Uh, Bill Ward. I, w- I wish he had done more. Uh, and and I, I love the intro. Uh, you know, Breakout is the intro to this. It's way better, in my opinion, than the shitty fucking instrumentals that were on uh, uh, Mob Rules. I think 5150 was fucking boring. Uh, I think the, the two instrumentals on fucking uh, Again
2: boom,
3: boom, and were fucking horrendous horrendous Jeff Nichols fucking masturbatory bullshit. Yeah, well, I don't know. They both sound like they were played on a Casio at the mall. Like, there's that guy at the mall that plays a Casio to try to get you to come in the music store. That shit was fucking horrible. Where Breaking the Chain was just... I mean, I mean no, I'm mean, sorry, Breaking the Chain. Yeah, whatever. It's fucking awesome. And Breakout. it goes into a great fucking song. Uh, Bill sounds fucking great. I always took it as the lyrics were kind of like anti-Ozzy myself. I just thought, you know, like gets rock stars and their drugs you know, it's kind of like okay, fuck you Ozzy, you know you don't want to fucking participate, fuck you we'll get the fucking drummer to sing it I think, I think this shit is fucking awesome and I think it's a great way to, and a great fucking album Uh, blows fucking technical out of the fucking water, you know technical and, and Never Say Die always get tied together because they aren't the fucking total masterpieces that the other ones are. That's not to take anything away from it. And I totally get, like I said, why people play this more because it's so diverse and you get a little bit of everything on this album. Uh, and, and it has the great, great drum, Mr. Bill Ward. Uh, what, was, what was sadly missing uh, from 13, I would say, is the Tony Iommi instrumental and the great drumming of Mr. Bill Ward. And I, what I love as much as I fucking hate Rick Rubin's so-called now production, uh, his original pick when they didn't have Bill Ward play on 13 um, was Ginger Baker. And then he, then he brought up uh, Keith Emerson. Carl,
2: no, Carl Palmer.
3: Uh, Carl Palmer. I'm sorry. Uh, because he wanted something that was pre-metal to, to drum. Because perfect example. It's they were metal before there was metal drummers, and uh, and that's what's totally missing off the new shit is is that drum, that jazz swing, that uh, not always on the beat but always interesting drumming. Uh, a great album. Wish I could have seen this tour. Love Black Sabbath and. Uh, and this is a great coda
2: to the original era of Black Sabbath. I was only two years old when Never Say Die hit. Why well, wasn't I older in 78? I had to be a two-year-old toddler, but uh, there's worse things to gripe about. But I concur in Never Say Die is a kick-ass album. I, di- I disagree. It's, there's, there's nothing worse to complain
1: about, Terrence. To be two years old back in 78 sucks. It was great to be whatever, what was I, 33? It was awesome. No, you were actually 13. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm not good at, at math. Um, but um, I just want to say that, again, this episode is not one of my favorites because I agree too much with Ian. But uh, uh, again, that whole 13 thing. Here's the thing. I do a review. I started doing reviews on YouTube with Black Sabbath. That's how it all started. Then I went into Kiss. And now I do... All sorts of different bands, but 13 a lot of people are asking me where's your 13 review? The thing is when 13 first came out. I did listen to it quite a bit, but I just stopped So recently like maybe a week or so ago. No, I mean like a month or so ago. I put it on again Because I want to do a review of it and I'm telling you man. I couldn't get through it. I just it was upsetting me, and it's all about the drums. The drums are not there. It's not Black Sabbath to me. It's like, I mean, I can accept Black Sabbath without Bill Ward, but I can't accept Black Sabbath without Bill Ward when Ozzy's in the band and, and Tony and Geezer. When all, uh, It has to be all four or none. So I was begging. I, I don't know if you guys remember it this time, man. I would put up video, videos and... I was just begging Black Sabbath, please, okay, don't do a tour with Bill Ward, but please put him on 13. Put him on the fucking album, then tour without him. But don't ruin the legacy that is the original magic that only those four can do. I'm sorry, Ginger Baker, Carl Palmer, all great drummers, but they're not Bill Ward. You know, it had to be Bill Ward or nobody else, no Vinny uh, Applesauce, no, you know, Bev Bavane, no, no, none of that, it had to be Bill Ward, okay, if you want to do something without Ozzy, go ahead, knock your friends out, I loved Eternal Idol without geezer, well, it was only Tony Iommi, I'm, I'm fine with that, man, but don't taint the first, uh, the first original Black Sabbath, which they did. And uh, I will try again. I mean, actually, I will eventually do my review of 13. And uh, hopefully it won't be as bad as, you know. It's just, I can't give it a fair review. It sucks because being such a fanboy, I'm not going to give 13. I can't look at it outside of the eyes of a major Black Sabbath fan of the the original 4. So, Of course, my review is going to be very biased. Uh, I got to say, uh, closing this is Black Sabbath rules. Rules all. Uh, The original four, you can't fuck with. uh, They invented uh, every heavy metal album you own. There's a piece of Black Sabbath in every one of them. I'm telling you, 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 there's nothing. There's no metal album that has been released after the first Sabbath album that doesn't have some elements of the great, Tony only off to all those 70s Sabbath albums masterworks and I also want to add that they never got one favorable review in the 70s and neither did the Zeppelin especially those fucking cocksuckers at Rolling Stone Magazine never gave a positive review of Black Sabbath but then the people spoke and now Rolling Stone Magazine pretends they always liked Black Sabbath fuck them I hate them and I wish someday you know, you know. I, I look. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to die. I really don't. But fuck, man. If you're a terrorist and you want to fucking kill America, you want to like, like blow up a building. Just, you know. I hope nobody's in the building. Even, even those cocksuckers in Rolling Stone magazine. I don't want none of them to die. But I want the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame blown up. Fuck that place. I don't understand why anybody puts any importance to that place. I don't know why anybody gets mad if some band isn't inducted in that place. Fuck the Rock and Roll of Fame. And everybody's like, well, Deep Purple ain't in there. That ain't fair. No, it is fair because they're too good to be in there. Get Bon Scott the fuck out of there while you're at it. Get fucking Sabbath out of there and well, leave the house in there. But let me tell you something. Well, get Cliff Burton out of there and leave the other three in there. Fuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and fuck Rolling Stone Magazine. Black Sabbath has proven Without a shadow of a doubt, you cocksuckers were raw with your stupid fucking... Oh. Yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, this ain't no Elvis Costello
3: or Jackson Brown. Fuck you! And fuck anybody that likes you. Thank you. Um, I'll, I would like to end this episode, um, uh, I, I love all the positive reviews that we've got back from the fans. We, we're doing this for you guys, and, uh And and so glad to hear all the all the good reviews and What I thought was so heartwarming is this day and age where everybody text somebody or you email somebody I actually have handwritten. Thank you letters from the fans that I would like to read uh, Right now. I I don't know why I didn't know that I gave up my address, but uh, I got a bunch of handwritten handwritten letters uh, I I, I would like to read a few of them on the air if I could. Okay. Okay. All right. Here's the first one. Uh, This one's for Ralph. Oh. Okay. This is, uh... Sorry you haven't gotten over me giving your mother a glass-bottom boat. Uh, Bruce Dickinson. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the Somewhere in Time review. Uh... Okay, I have another letter. This is for Terrence. Uh, Yes. This says, thank you for all your fact-checking remarks. Wish we had you on on, uh, our team 50 years ago. Signed the Warren Commission. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. uh, Okay. Uh, Here's one addressed to me. Thank you, Ian, for having the balls to give an honest review on In Through the Outdoor. Uh, uh, that was signed Jimmy Page <laughs> ouch uh, uh, now okay, okay here's, here's another one I'd like to read this is for Dr. Fuck this is for Ralph uh, congratulations Dr. Fuck on another great in Denver uh, I hope the podcast works out for you because we've had a really good jam session with Sammy Hagar Sign Thrasher or die. Oh,
0: oh, motherfuckers! All, right.
3: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here, here's another one. Uh, th- 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 this is for Terrence. You uh, can you guys fucking keep it down? I'm trying to take a nap. Signed Terrence's Dad. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God my father. All right. All, right. all right, this this is one. Okay, here's another one for me. Dear dear Mr. Wadley, we're cutting off your gas due to lack of payment. Uh, Never mind. Uh, You know know what? Uh, It's not all about the
1: fans. Uh, All right. So, you know, uh, we're going to take off now. And uh, I'm not going to promise this, but if I can find it, I did record a song called Black Sabbath Rules. And if I find it, I'm going to tack it on at the end of this episode. But uh, if the episode just abruptly ends, it means I, I didn't
3: find it. So, don't uh... worry, Gatto, Mr. Roboto.
2: Thank you very much. And All right. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. This is Terrence signing off with his buddies, Ian and Ralph here, and saying in the immortal words to, that Freddie Mercury said at the end of the live at Wembley Stadium, thank you, beautiful people. Good night. God bless you. Awesome. And
1: I am signing off. I am Dr. Fuck, and I fucked your mom in the 80s. Bye.
0: great Shirts every day